Everybody, 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 drop your buff. Stop, 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 Welcome back to Drop Your Buffs. I'm Sean Ross. I'm Evan Ross Katz. And you did match my cadence. Congratulations. We are talking Survivor 45, episode 12, the ex-girlfriend at the wedding. Julie's revenge arc is here. Bum, bum, bum. I feel like Julie is finally fulfilling the prophecy that so many people were bringing up early in the season of like these parallels between Julie and Kathy Vavrick O'Brien. I am definitely starting to see that emerge. Yeah. And I... it was, yeah, from the outset, like when she, <laughs> it was like the, the, in the opening of the episode when it was, you know, them returning from tribal and D Austin and Drew are sort of like gathered and the way Julie like doesn't just like come and join them, but like yeah. topples over purposefully on top of all of them. Um, and just, you know, ingratiates herself into what is clearly like a moment of like post strategizing. Um, top tier. Really? And the way that she's delivering the re before, look, we did it. It's the re before. Love the, yeah, go us. Final four. I feel like she's just reached these levels of unhinged that are so perfect. I just, I just never saw it coming for Julie. Like, I know that you saw the glimmers in her very early on, um, but I thought she was just going to be another Heather from Survivor 41, mm-hmm. but she is so much more than that. Yeah, there's even like that shot midway through the episode of her just like waking up yes. Uh, yes. from bed. Yes. Uh, and I was trying to meme it, but it doesn't work as a meme. Like it's very much a gif. She like, is waking up moment, like she's waking up like Dracula in a coffin. Like Yeah. She's got like also just I mean, and we've we've memed them quite a bit throughout the season, but like Julie's got faces. And yeah. you know, this was an uh, this was a, an episode full of actors acting. Uh-huh. Um and Julie is not a self-described actor in the same vein as Karen Gradell. Thank you. I got it. Um but Julie is like just as much of an actress as Jake and Dee, at least in my mind. For sure. And and Jake's been in real plays. He has. So, some in his underwear. Hello. yeah i feel like this whole arc for julie coming up here and like surviving that vote at last tribal after being tipped off by d who was tipped off by austin um and just like really rubbing it in and she's clearly taking it so personally and like i've said so many times i just feel like we don't get enough of people taking it personally or struggling with personal or moral decisions and we've gotten so much of that just in these past couple of episodes that it's so refreshing. Yeah. I feel like, well, I got to say, um, well, first of all, let me set an intention at the top of this episode. Okay. I'm going to do my best not to poison the episode. Um, <laughs> we'll get into that more on the after show, but I'm just yeah. setting that intention outright. But I got to say, I texted you, I think, last night or this morning. This was the best episode for me of the new era um, by a long shot. And I think interestingly, like, I think we began to feel it last week, the shift out of like, we really weren't vibing with that middle stretch. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I really feel like we found our way out of it a little bit last week, but for sure out of it this week. And, you know, I don't know if you want to call this the 11th hour. I don't know. But like, this was a really compelling episode, not just because of everything that happened, but in sort of looking at the fact that like everyone has a role right now that they fulfill Mm -hmm. both within the tribal dynamic, but also the show survivor, you know, like everyone is giving you a very different and necessary shade. The least of which I would say is Austin, but even Austin serves a purpose because Mm -hmm. he's such a fulcrum for so many of the other dynamics that are going on. Um, And yes, they attempted to shoehorn in his Xander backstory, but Mm -hmm. even still, um, I still think that this is a really dynamic six. Yeah, totally. And I, you know, looking back at the season holistically, and we'll do this maybe more next week and and in a postmortem in the following week, potentially, but... And I'm not trying to compare it to like the really, really great seasons. But if you do think back to the really great seasons, and I've always said this, that seasons like China and seasons like Micronesia do have those lulls as well. There are mm-hmm. stretches of both of those seasons where it's a little, you get a stretch of two or three boring episodes. And you, when you're when you're in it and you're watching it week to week, that can really bring you down and be like, ugh, uh, like another another boring season of Survivor. Um, but you know, once it's done, you can really look back uh, with 2020 vision and be like, okay, now where does this fit into the canon? And is this a great season? And I think there's honestly potential for 45 not to be like you know a top 10, but like to be up there. I agree. I agree. It really depends on where we net out, and also not for nothing. I do think it's worth, once you see the whole season, I'm not saying we're going to do this, but rewatching the whole season with the lens of like where things net out, because I think it can sort of inform, you might also have your eye more on the winner. You Mm -hmm. might realize that like the winner was doing more than you realized all along. But I will say, I do think there's a difference between sort of like a character in the vein of like, I'm going to pick Rudy as an example, where it's like, Rudy is just an interesting human being that like you put a camera on him and it's just going to be fascinating. I don't think that's like could be said of someone like Drew or even someone like D. I think D is great when activated by the game. And I'm not saying one is better than the other. I just think it's sort of worth comparing that like I think some people are just like light up the screen. Sandra isn't an example of someone that fulfills both, Mm. interestingly. Um... But so I don't think that these players have really like, when they weren't deep into the strategy, these six are not a super compelling six outside of Jake, I would say. Yes. I think Jake is like, has big weirdo energy, like in a really good way. (laughs) Um, But now that all six of them are really actively playing the game or five of the six of them, because I don't think Austin really is. But like, but now that like, there's so much gameplay happening. And again, gameplay that's like, not so predicated on idols and advantages. I mean, granted, they are mm-hmm. factoring in here, but like there's genuine like strategizing happening, especially on D's part. It's really enjoyable to watch. This was also the first episode where I was like, the 90 minutes flew by. Yeah, totally. I totally agree. I wasn't checking the clock at all. No. Well, and also shout out to an actual reward challenge, yes. a legit reward challenge. Granted, yes. I don't know like how well Jeff sold them on the fact of like, we're going to lift you off of this beach and take you to another beach. He was like the blue waters. It's like, what do you think they wake up to every morning? But needless to say, I still, I do appreciate that effort to give them a substantial reward. However, not to be that like back in the old days person, but it was also a reminder of like how incredible the rewards once were Uh and how mightily we've fallen 
But I do want to like give credit where credit is due. Where like this is certainly like we're inching in the right direction. Yeah, new First challenge all, presented, which we'll get to. Like you know, there, there were things happening here that it seems as though like the show's not resting on its laurels as much as it could be, and yes. I'm optimistic. Like as much as it has been, as has been, like yeah. they have been, and they seem to have been branching out with just like just nods to their past that I think are necessary. I mean, this is, I believe the first helicopter of the new era, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and the helicopter trip used to be like, you know, such a big, that was always the big reward. Like we'd go to the whatever watering hole and see the jellyfish or whatever it was. Um, and I felt like they did it so well. And to go and have the picnic on a sand spit, like that calls back to season one with Jenna and Sean going out to the sand spit um, and talking about like the merge or something like that. Um, so yeah, it felt really, really old school. It felt like a huge reward, like something really exciting. And then the way that they pulled it off was so great too. Like that scene of the helicopter flying by camp where they did a low flyby so they could see each other like that is incredible that was such good tv and like such a good moment for them yeah especially because well actually let's do it now because i think it will underline my the point i'm about to make but but before we do it it was such a great moment because there's a lot of ways in which d really showed some star power in this episode one of which was underlined in that moment of like and, and actually several moments throughout with D where it's like, yes, it's fun when you have like your Julies who are like, I genuinely like these people and I feel bad having to blah, blah, blah. It's also nice to get the opposite shade in D that's like, I really don't mind playing with, you know, with some savagery. You know what I mean? Like I'm okay mm-hmm. cutting ties and like, yeah, I feel bad about it, but like I'm going to get over it. And I like that layer as well. I want more of that. But to your earlier point, like I do like the Julies as well. I like the moral dilemma characters. But I also sort of like the fuck everything. But again, there's different shades because you could also say like a Richard Hatch was in that category, um, a Johnny Fairplay. I think D has morals unlike them, but is willing to sort of negotiate those morals a little bit more. Um, And that's what I really like about her. On that note. Okay. On that note. Shall we play a little game that some people love? Some people hate. Some people might say has poisoned the podcast. Poisoned the well. Poisoned the well. And that would be a game of star or star less. Are you ready? Uh, let's do it. Okay. Well, let's start with D. Star. Star. Katora. Starless. Star. Oh. Julie. Star. Star. Jake. Star. S-T-A-R. Star. <laughs> Drew. Starless this episode. Star. Really? Okay. And lastly, Austin. Star. Starless. Tell me what makes Austin a star in this episode. I'm going to hold the key to the fire there. I think that he is a star by association to D. And I think that the story, like him winning the reward, going on the reward, like being uh, openly like romantic with D and him talking about it like yeah I thought his backstory was dumb or whatever but but I felt like uh I felt like it really worked for me I was like I was not cringing or rolling my eyes in any way I was like wow this is so refreshing to get this kind of a story back on Survivor even though we've had it like Franny and Matt and I don't know who else but uh I it felt really genuine to me and I was like wow this this feels so old school and so like for that I give him a star 
Okay. I don't okay. I don't think you sold it. Because that's D. No, but I mean, like, Austin talking about it. Okay. I mean, I don't think that was a star. I think okay. it was a compelling part of the episode. Mm. Okay. Wow. I don't know. I think you could slot anyone in there and the scene would still work. <laughs> like, D was driving the narrative. Okay. Also, I mean, like, I don't want to dig too in, much into this because I know this can perhaps seem insensitive, but I do just have this, like, issue. And again, we got this with Xander previously where it's like, hey, I had an awkward phase when I was younger, but now I'm really hot and athletic. And I'm not trying to, like, void the fact that, like, those feelings that he felt when he was younger of being an outcast and all of that, I'm not invalidating that. But, like, this story that Survivor keeps trying to tell us of, like, this hot person wasn't always hot, I just don't think is an interesting narrative. Like, no, it's not I, a good... I can't get into it. It's not a good story. It's not a good backstory. And for a season that held off on the backstories for so long, it felt like when we did finally get, you know, one or two of them, it was like, okay, maybe this is kind of earned... Um, and then this one is so shoehorned in here that I'm like, well, why? So shoehorned. But why is Drew a star? Drew is a star because of his conviction throughout this episode. And I, well, for a couple things. I mean, I love that moment with him and Jake uh, when Drew's complaining about being on the island. And then Jake is just like, yeah, but like, mm-hmm. we're on survival, man. I can't do Boston. Um, and then Drew's <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like, I had to scrape rice off of the side of a bowl this morning. I really liked that moment. And then I loved, loved that moment of Drew being like, we're going to be in the history books, which is like (laughs) just the, like, it's like, you know how like, there's like, when we say like bros are broing, it's like the nerd was nerding. Like Mm. he was, he took his nerdish ways and like made it into a verb. And so I really enjoyed that moment. And then he's also a star for his mispronunciation of Jervis's name. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. He's like trying to make Gervais. And it's so interesting because here he is trying to show his super fan credibility by Uh being like, this is who we are amongst ranks with. By the way, how random of you when naming duos to pull out Tyson and Jervis, who wouldn't be on my list of top 40 survivor (laughs) duos. But even then it's like, of the two examples you gave, you couldn't even pronounce one of their names. Not that we don't like Tyson. In fact, we love Tyson and his win was great. And his duo with Jervis or Gervais was compelling that season. (laughs) I don't know if he's listening or not. But needless to say, I think it was a really (laughs) strong episode for Drew. Um, Obviously, it was like fun to see his downfall. It was a little bit obvious. And you have to wonder, it's like, Drew, you're this huge fan of this show. Uh Granted, there might have been more to the edit that we didn't see where, like, he was presenting this cockiness, but then in a part that they cut out, he was saying, but on the other hand, there is a world in which, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't know for certain, but it's always weird when you have these, like, intelligent but braggadocious characters Mm -hmm. who don't consider the fact that, like, the writing seemed very much on the wall for Drew. And then also the fact that, like, why were Drew and Austin not pushing harder to understand why Julie used the idol? I and know. I don't. <laughs> why weren't get they it. mentioning the fact of like Julie, like uh, great play, like using my idol? You know what I mean? Like that yeah. wasn't explored at all. I don't get it. I thought like, and I think we talked about this last week, where it was like, well, they all must have gotten together and been like, okay, Julie's going to play the idol. We're all going to put our votes on Julie. Julie's going to get a big move out of it and get Emily out. And uh, like, I thought that's why they all put their votes on because they knew they knew that 
Austin had told D. So if they know that Austin told D, like it had to have been that D told her best friend Julie. So I was so shocked that there was even like a question mark around who told Julie, let alone that D got away with lying about it to her allies. It was so confusing to me. I mean, like, what do they think? Do they think that like one of Katora, Jake, or Emily tipped Julie off and like was trying to make a move with her or something? Like that has to be it because the fact that they're all sitting around having this what seems what seems to me like a fake conversation, but three of them are buying it. Uh, it, it's so, it was so confusing to me. Yeah. I just wonder, like, okay, like here's the thing, because I'm see every everyone's fired up about D online right now, mm-hmm. especially probably in our universe of Survivor, mm-hmm. because she's obviously like gonna be a queer fan favorite. Um and it and people have said this, I'm not saying this is an original thought, but like if D is to win, not only would it be another female win, but it would be like a very dominant female yes. win, which we have not seen since I would guess would it be Lucina would be like the last dominant yeah, female win. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really exciting. But there is that feeling if D like wins where it's like no one else was really playing as hard as her because you have Julie who's great television, but like has not strategized in any way. In fact, she is like there's a part of her that like I think would have been willing to get back with the re before had it, you know, been had they had a larger conversation. And also like she's vindictive at Drew, but not at all at Austin. Like I just don't think Julie's playing a great game. Austin's sleeping his way, not not I don't mean in a sexual way. I meant like just sleeping his way through the game. Um Jake would be a terrific winner, but I think it's an uphill battle to get him there. Um and Katura, same thing. I guess it's just sort of like I wish there was like in an ideal world, it's like, I want three D's at the end. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Three people that played the game really, really hard that it's like an honest to God, like struggle to decide who to give it to. But then I'm like, okay, but wait, if D is so obviously not the winner, but so obviously like the person who deserves to win, we should say, um, then what happens when Jake or Katura win? Well, that's the thing is that person usually doesn't end up winning, especially in the new era. So I mean, it just seems like it's Katura's win. Really? Like I've been seeing people say that and I'm just not, I'm not able to wrap my head around it fully. Uh, I could see, well, like, I could okay, see wait, wait. her getting to the final three and the jury voting for her because the jury was all put there by the Reba four. And maybe they have negative feelings about the Reba four and don't want to vote for them. But I like, I, I get the concept, but I just don't know where all the chatter about Katura winning is coming from. Necessarily. So my best guess would be the deleted TikTok that we had brought up uh-huh. on here earlier. My again, I'm being conspiracy theorist, but you know, if not now, when um, would be that she's watching the season as the uh-huh. winner, sees how little airtime she's getting, mm-hmm. and when she's shown, it's always sort of as you know, Bruce's commentator. And so that frustration might've been like, oh, I'm going to be the next Erica on this show where I don't appear on the show and then I'm going to win the show. And then the fans are going to resent my win and thinking that I wasn't playing the game well. Right. That to me would make sense narratively as to why Katora, because she went rogue. That was a rogue move. They're not allowed to talk about things we don't see. Um, That's my best guess. That's actually okay. Like you're you're convincing me. Like that is actually a very good theory, and I also think back to something that Marianne said to me personally when I met her. 
which was about. <laughs> oh, were, I think I can spell this. What do I care? Uh, oh yeah, we'll get there. Um, was that we were talking about sort of like the restrictions on social media. And I can't remember specifically what 42 was up to, but I guess they were like doing some chatter and I had been asking her about that. And she said that CBS had like reached out to them and was like, stop, you need to stop tweeting. Um, and her response was, uh, I am not going to delete my tweets. What are you going to do? Take away the prize money from the first female black winner since Vesepia. And so, you know, there is so the, like, like the optics there of like, because that that is like the threat is like, if, if you break the contract, you won't get your money for appearing on the show. Uh-huh. And so like the maybe Katora feels the same way. Like, what, what are they going to do? Are they really going to take away my money? I mean, she did delete the TikTok, but she put mm-hmm. it up like there, there was thought behind putting it up. Yeah, I mean, definitely an interesting thing to consider. Yeah. Speaking of meeting people, I saw some wonderful photos of you with Sari Fields in the background. Yeah, I went to the, well, what I thought was going to be a screening and turned out to just be a party. You have no idea. You know, like when you're in the mindset to go somewhere and just sit down, relax mm-hmm. and watch something. And then you show up and you're like, oh, I have to be social instead. I mean, like that, I, I, I know the mindset of wanting to go down and sit and watch something. But usually like that's me going to the movies. I don't usually end up then there's a party instead. Okay, I don't well, know that that's ever happened. But tell me It more. was not my <laughs> cup of tea for that evening. But anyway, so this was the <laughs> premiere of the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip, Roni Legacy. All of the Roni ladies were there. And then I... Here, someone comes over to me, a stranger comes over to me and says, Evan, do you know Suri is here? I'm like, well, I didn't. Anyway, Suri was there. I went over to her. She was with Jared, her son, who she competed on Big Brother with. Um, I don't have a lot to report. I mean, it was a little bit like talking to like a CBS machine um, Mm -hmm. in that. And this is not a critique of Suri at all. I literally think at the moment this past year between the traders and Big Brother and whatever, you know, the fact that she was even at this premiere means there are ongoing conversations between her and Peacock. And so I think she's been trotted out to a lot of these events where, and again, Sri has no idea who I am, nor should she. But so it's a lot of fan energy of people like me coming up to her and just saying, I love you, right? It's not like... um, if you're Christina Aguilera, there might be like a ref, like Jeannie and a, I, I, I don't know. There's a lot more to maybe talk about. Mm. But with Suri, it's like, all you're going to say is like, I worship you. Like, I love Survivor. There's only like five lines you can really go up and like say. And so when I'm saying she was like a machine, it's more just like, I understand the fact that like to preserve her own sanity, she kind of has to likely go into like a mode of just sort of like smiling, nodding, shaking your hand, being that's like being like that's amazing. But it was so interesting because I'm so used to like going up to a survivor player and like and and hey, listen, this is gonna sound as some type of way, but I'm gonna say it. I'm used to often them knowing who we are. Maybe they've listened to the podcast. Maybe they've heard of us, whatever. So it was fun to sort of go into just like 100% fan mode. I freaked out. Um, I don't get starstruck anymore, but I was super starstruck by her. Wow. Um, But yeah, I would say it was like totally like an uniconic meeting in every way. (laughs) Um, 
But I still really love that she was there. But yeah, I mean, it is like most curious. It's like, what is Suri doing at the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip premiere? Something is going on. I swear she is being courted by Bravo or Peacock or whatever. Well, I mean, Suri lives in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. The Real Housewives of New Jersey is a franchise that exists. I'm just saying. Okay. We'll just put that out there then. Did you tell her that you have a Survivor podcast? I didn't. She was then approached by someone that works in the PR department of Peacock to be like, this is the Evan I was telling you about earlier. And then she just like nodded and smiled and was like, yeah, we just met. (laughs) Again, like everything like uniconic that could have happened, happened. Yeah, okay. Well, I like that. <laughs> yeah, but it was What does she care? Yeah, what does she care that you To everyone in the comment section being like, are you getting her on the pod? Like, I, I would, I, we would love to, obviously. One day. But I don't think, nothing was established during this meeting. Yeah, one day. Once she's out of her CBS Big Brother contract. Because we can't deal with them again. Real quick, though, I do just want to say, uh, for anyone out there watching Big Brother Reindeer Games, do you know about this? I know about it, but I'm certainly not watching it. So it's nine contestants. It's like a mini season of Big Brother. Uh-huh. It's only one week. But because it's only one week, they were able to get uh, Frankie Grande and then this woman named Brittany. Do you know Brittany from Big Brother? I've Yeah, I've heard of her. Okay, so I would say Brittany is like the Parvati. I, well, I guess Janelle is the Parvati of Big Brother. So if Janelle's the Parvati, Brittany would be... The Amanda? No, well, no. Is Brittany a winner? Mm, that's a good question. She came in fourth on Big Brother 12, and she came in eighth on Big Brother 14. So no, she is, um, okay. she's not one Big Brother. But anyway, she's never come back for an All-Stars. Well, I guess she came back for 14. She hasn't been on the show since season 14, so it's been, you know, 11 seasons. So it's kind of really like, you know, a, it's a big get. It reminds me of like, Parvati coming back for 40, having not appeared on the show in 20 seasons. Anyway, I just watched the first episode last night. It's so good. It's such a good... Really? Yeah, there's a couple flops, but it's like, between having like Britney and like Nicole, who... Nicole Frenzel is just good television. Frankie Grande is great television. Uh, Danielle Reyes is there. It's like a good... It's a really good cast. It's the kind of cast of like that you couldn't get on a regular all-star season because right. people like Brittany are not going to commit to, and who would, a hundred days of living in this stupid house. Right. Anyway. Okay. And sorry, Sean, let's, because we have too much to talk about right now, let's, let's read, let's talk about a, a squid game conversation at some point. Yeah. Well, we we're going to, you finished you know what I'm saying it, right? like, we were just going to talk about it. Like, we said we would talk about it this week on this pod, but, like... We said we'd talk about it this week on the after show. Okay, well, I'm not done. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you mad? <laughs> no, I don't give a shit. We can talk a little bit about it on that. <laughs> I part. actually forgot. Anyway. It wasn't in my after show notes. Anyways, let's get back to Survivor 45. Uh, Sorry. There was one thing, just because before we move on from the reward, I wanted to point out two things at the reward challenge that really caught my eye. One was Drew holding his foot up on that stupid thing. Wait, was that that no, sorry, that's the immunity challenge. The immunity challenge was holding your foot on the yes, on the plank balancing the ball. Um so I'm I'm jumping to the immunity challenge it was the I guess. Slide puzzle since we're on challenges. Yeah. Uh Drew looked like some kind of like Scooby-Doo-esque cartoon character. Like you know when they're like 
about to fall off a cliff and all of their limbs are spinning around in circles. It was like the way that you had Jake in the flippers burned into your brain uh-huh. uh, a couple weeks ago. I feel like I have Drew's limbs flailing around burned into my brain. Mm. Drew's limbs flailing around and and that scene of Julie waking up <laughs> will be forever seared in my brain. Um, There's a third one from this episode, that visual as well, that I'll, maybe it'll come to me. Oh, oh, well, it would be that iconic, which I think this is an iconic moment of Dee and Katura first realizing that they're both putting the votes on Drew and like having like a freak yes. out. Yes, one, two, three, Drew. Yeah, that was giving um, Lady Gaga, freak out, freak out, freak out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a reference I haven't heard in a while. <laughs> maybe when the chromatic I would say DVD between that moment which I think was actual iconography and then I gotta say yeah. the Jake moment with the searching for the idol and uh-huh. talking about how he, you know he was naked on stage was like that was tr- honest to goodness like in the pantheon of great moments of Survivor <laughs> I think that might have a spot yeah like well, that Jake- was that just rose above. Like, you, I've always teetered on like how much is Jake being, like authentically Jake. I like I I I've, I I've liked him throughout. I've mm. actually I think I've given him a star. Yes. Like yeah, I've been on his team like throughout. But like in this episode, I just was like, he is like a weirdo in the best possible way. Yeah. Um, and there have been times that. I'm not going to name names, but I'm using telepathy right now with you where like someone is given the ascription of a weirdo on the show, but I actually just think they're just like an agent of chaos and not necessarily like a true weirdo. And like Jake is a weirdo. And like, I say like cast weirdos. Yeah. Jake has been surprisingly consistent throughout the season with the way Mm -hmm. that he delivers his confessionals. We've had so many moments of like, him i mean remember when he's like laughing it was like an early episode he was like he's he made a joke and then he laughed so hard at his own joke for so long there was that and then there was one just like a couple episodes ago where he kind of like stopped and like giggled to himself and then continued on like he's so he's almost like one step ahead of himself as he's talking and reacting to it in real time Mm -hmm. um and so there's like a slight delay uh, in in the way that he, like he's having a conversation with himself, and then here it was just so perfect. And I have to hand it to the editors who we're usually dunking on for all of these moments, which like keeping in that little like tangent in his confessional, and then coming back with like the so back to like back to the idol hunt. Um, that plus again hand it to the editors with the one two three Drew cut of like mm-hmm. okay so don't like don't tell don't tell. D, don't tell D. Cut mm-hmm. to her telling D. Um, and then, like, th- this is, like, such a nothing moment, but the other thing I wanted to mention from the immunity challenge was I thought they did such a good job with the cuts of the balls falling in the immunity challenge. So it was, like, there was, like, the red ball fell, and then it kind of, like, came across the screen, and it turned into a transition to the next, like, shot. And then Couture's ball fell, this blue ball, and it, it fell backwards, so it was, like, going down the beach and you just see like the waves start to take it away 
And it's just like little moments, but I was like, wow, like I got to hand it to them. Like, why did they get that shot in the first place? Mm -hmm. How many cameras are out there that they're getting that shot of the ball going into the water, which is so far away? Christopher Um, Nolan hoops. And then to include it. it Yeah. I got to hand it to them. Credit where credit's due. They, yeah, I was going to say, they. there's some flowers that they're owed this episode. Um, but any flowers we give them are flowers that I am not handing to Jeff Probst, who I thought was <laughs> so annoying during the challenge. Okay, Jeff, <laughs> the slide puzzle. Jeff constantly doing this narrative of, this is the kind of thing where it can happen in an instant or it can take a long time. It's like, bitch, we know. Like, that is the nature of not just the slide puzzle, but so much of Survivor, I felt like he was really str- – I, I, I did feel not identity crisis. It was very, like, pre-identity crisis here of, like, Jeff realizing that, like, he doesn't really serve a function. Right. And in the immunity challenge as well with just the – with the balls balancing – like he said, he repeated himself so many times. It's in that safe zone, but all it takes is one oh, yep, second yep. and two people fall and then you're the winner. Like he said that like three times. Wild. Wild. Not to mention his his performance as Jake talking to his buddies back home. No, no, no. Which I like, I don't that. know which Jake he's been seeing, but that was not Jake. No, it was outrageous. Jail. Um... <laughs> Then we have to get to, like, Drew's... um, This is a theme that I... I, And I've spoken about this, but Drew sort of being like, I haven't been picked for a single reward challenge this season, his, like, sort of mini meltdown. Mm -hmm. Um, How many reward challenges have there been this season? Like, three? Yeah, there hasn't been that many. Like, it's just... These people in this new era just, like, love to make everything sound like... Or, like, Drew, like, there was a point... He talked about, like, "I've I've been the mastermind behind a lot of moves in this game. It's like... There haven't been that many moves. First of all, your tribe didn't go to tribal for like over like the first third of the game, or like maybe one, I, I don't know yeah, yeah. the exact. But my point being, it's like it's there's just not that many. Ins- and also, he's been working with a block of four throughout much yeah, of the well, game, that's so it's the pretty thing. Yeah. it's pretty easy to mastermind the game. There's just all of this sort of like inflation that happens with so many of these players and the way they talk about things. Um, so that was an example of like Drew. You sure you haven't gotten on a lot of rewards, but there haven't been a lot of rewards. And then also for him, I, I, that was like a weird moment where he was like correlating it to his childhood, which is like, yeah, obviously it's like sad not to be picked, but like again, I wasn't sure what the editor like leaving that in the episode. What did the editors want us to infer from that? Did they want us to feel bad for Drew or think that Drew was just a whiny entitled baby? Yeah. or entitled? Yeah, well, that's tough because I guess that the general consensus online, we talked about this that you said like Drew was getting a lot of hate online. I didn't like, I hadn't noticed that. I've been paying more attention to it. And apparently, yeah, people don't like Drew. And I don't know why. Like, I think he's like a good character for Survivor. Oh, yeah, we um, like Drew. I get not, I get like not rooting for him, but yeah. I like him being there. Yeah. Um, and so, but like, uh, I, I don't want to name names, but the, I had a certain Survivor alum in the DMs being like, I can't fucking stand Drew. Like, <laughs> like get him out. Is it Castle um, who that is? Yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, I, I, I had. Well, I had so much fun in the DMs yesterday. Yeah, I know. It makes me nervous. We'll I talk know, about it in the after show. But I, yeah, I just want to say that, 
that I feel like what what would have been maybe more effective and probably what Drew was really feeling in that moment is that like I thought back to when Emily had the girls night. So Emily won that challenge and brought all the girls. And it was like both of these situations are like where Drew is both of these people's number ones. Mm -hmm. Drew was Emily's number one and Drew was Austin's number one. And so both these people win big reward challenges with a lot of food and, you know, a lot of benefit to them. Mm -hmm. And neither of them picks Drew. And so, like, that's got to hurt. But that's not the angle that, like, we were given. But I feel like probably that's where he was coming from. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, I've I've invested all this into these relationships that I feel like are genuine or whatever. And they're not paying off in these moments. Can we talk about how Austin sent Drew and Jake back to camp to babysit Julie. Cause I, again, I thought this was like a great Julie sequence here where it was like, I'm a grown woman and I have to be babysat. And then that she sort of like flips that around and is like, let's go collect peppers, Jake. And then they're like two little kids, like sneaking around the forest being like, he, 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 like dad's away. We're going to, we're going to idol hunt. If only it had paid off with, Julie finding an idol. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it was confusing to me because then it's like, Julie and Drew had that conversation earlier in the episode where they were sort of like, let's get the band back together. So are we supposed to understand that they both recognize that that was an illegitimate conversation? Like, is that yes. the implication? Yes. Because that wasn't fully threaded for me narratively. Oh, and I thought it also, was. And then also Jake makes the comment uh, at one point being like, I'm stuck at this beach with the two people I'm gunning for. But then all of a sudden Drew's like walking through the woods with Julie being like, yeah, like I'm not going to stop her, blah, blah, blah. It's like, but you just said that you're not working with either, neither Drew nor Julie. So you shouldn't want Julie to find an idol if you're actually, if you're not working with her. Yeah. I feel like there is some aspect though of like Jake's, (laughs) yeah, sure. 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 Jake is gunning for these people, but like he's really gunning for everybody because he's kind of on his own, Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe outside of like Katora, Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I feel like for Jake, if I was to be put in his shoes and like, yes, this wasn't like explicitly stated on the show. I'm inferring this, but that if he is alone with Julie, like he's probably got better odds with Julie and bringing something back together, like repairing that relationship. Um, then he does with Drew, right? Like he has seen how impenetrable that Reba four are here. They are having just tried to kick Julie out. So it's like, while yes, he, he would still like to get Julie out there's an option there for him that previously wasn't available. Mm -hmm. So I could see it. Can we speak about Drew, excuse me, about, uh, uh, what's his name? Who were we just talking about? Jake. Jake. Can we speak, can we talk about his idol find? Yeah. I'm a little like, we're putting idols at the base of trees. We have been since Samoa. Okay. Well enough. (laughs) (laughs) but, But no, but no. We didn't put an idol there. We put a clue to the okay, idol there. Okay, but my but uh, sure. Also, yeah. how easy was it for him to find that? Like, what were they expecting? Uh, I yeah. Look, like, he could have taken the boat out to the water and said, "I'm going," like I'm going to go fish, and then he would he would have been able to undo that in the water. Only if it was in character for him to do so. And unfortunately, because we've only seen one sequence of fishing, which was Austin. Um, oh, well, I guess Drew did have those <laughs> flippers on, didn't he? He did have those flippers on. But also but... just like, not for nothing, it's like my 
beef in general, like if there's one tweak I'd really like to see made is when Katura made the comment being like, as we know in Survivor, when an idol is played, it's usually rehidden. It's like, let's stop with this. Let's stop making it be like so obvious that there's going to be this idol and create this ability to just grab an idol. I found the, I found the whole sequence a little too easy. Well, yeah, I felt that I've literally felt that way since Russell Hance. Since Russell Hance like broke the system of, but like, why not usurp that? Well, I I know, I know. I'm asking for that for the past twenty. It's also just like it's so chaos agency of the of the I don't know the producers or whatever because it's basically like you're putting an idol in play, knowing that it has to be used at the next tribal. So you're basically just saying we're going to like consciously shake up the game but not in a strategic way well it might end up being strategic but Uh it's basically just like you're i don't want to say forcing someone to make a move but you're just like basically like you're creating chaos which i get the argument of like well isn't that a good thing rather than a boring show i i I, you know we could argue till the till gervais comes back (laughs) for the legend season of survivor yeah, we could. <laughs> I would like to see that actually. Like, we're gonna have to have a season one person on the legend season, and like, if if let's say realistically Richard Hatch isn't invited back, then who is it? It has to be Gervais. I think you would go with Kelly. Like, obviously, but actually, like, I think just like yes, conceptually, I would like that. Didn't work out so well last time. So yeah, but I'm, it didn't work out. I mean, like, are you like? I don't know. What do you mean? I was gonna say like, in the scheme. Of, I guess the question is like, who's the bigger Survivor icon, Kelly or Jervis? Kelly. So this is the Legend season. Okay. I just don't really ascribe to like. I the, know, but I know. I was just I was just playing the game of like, what's realistic. Yeah, but I, I know think we those don't are talk two separate conversations when with regard to the Legend season. I know. Because, like, we could do, like, the like the, who the Legend season is supposed to have, yeah. and, yeah, who we could get. And then who's it actually going to have. I will say, though, on just on the subject of, like, returning player seasons, there's a lot of people from 45 that I would have previously sort of cast away. And this is funny because, you know, you and I are big proponents of bringing back Sabaya and uh, Caleb. Mm-hmm. And, like... There's now, I would say, five of these six people I would love to see back. I'd also love to see Austin back in a season with, like, other more physically dominant competitors. That said, though, it's not as though Austin's been, like, some comp beast in any sense of the word. No. So, ah, I meant to say, hmm, a very famous pop star Uh that I cannot name. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, that I was with earlier this week is watching Survivor for the first time. <gasps> and I, this came up because I, I was like, well, what season are you watching? And she was like, well, I don't know. She's like, but um, she was like, there's this guy, Caleb. And I was like, oh, I was like, you're watching 45. And then, and then I like put all the pieces together. And I realized, no, she's talking about Caleb. And I believe he's on two seasons, but she mentioned like this, the medevac. So I'm assuming that's Cal wrong, right? Oh, that. Caleb. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh my God, she's watching thirty two. I know. So I advised her. I was like, when you finish that, jump over to thirty seven, just because I know yeah. it's like obviously I'd love to be like go to sixteen, but I think if you're starting with no, how wrong, yeah. you need something for like similar but better. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Anyway. Or like San Juan del Sur might be good. That's a great call. I would say, yeah, let's let's get her to 37. And then if she liked that, then let's get her to San Juan. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can she come on the podcast? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) I get the sense that, like, she's watching it at the behest of somebody else. And, like, Mm. sort of just, like, in the room while it's on. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't think we're, like, going to turn her into, like, a fan. You never know. You never know. That's true. Billie Eilish is a fan. Oh, so we're not talking about Billie Eilish. No, I was not with Billie Eilish. Okay. No, but if I was, I'd have a few words. (laughs) Namely, I do not like that what I was made for song from Barbie. I do not think it should be nominated for an Oscar. And I am frustrated. So if you were hanging out with Billie Eilish, you'd be like, you know what? I don't like your latest song. And well, you, I'd and start you, with her fashion choices, actually, um, as far as the okay, things I don't let's, like. Okay, no, you're kidding. poisoning the well. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. no. <laughs> She's great. Uh, one other thing about the Hidden Immunity Idol. Actually, I did that... like the Gautier that she wore uh, to the Academy Gala. I thought that was really chic. Okay. I'll have to look that one up. <laughs> one more thing about the Hidden Immunity Idol. I did not see this in the meme cap, and now that I'm seeing it in my notes, I thought, well... Maybe it doesn't matter. Um, but when he finds it, uh, and then just, y- you don't see this that often, though I think it happens. The, like, aggressive shoving into, like, the the deepest area of his crotches. Crotch. Oh, The deepest yeah. areas of his crotch. Yeah. Uh, and then he goes, now it's my crotch idol. <laughs> uh, just the thought that, like, Jeff's going to have to hold that is, like, funny to me. That's wonderful. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> like maybe that's the gayest thing Jeff will have ever done. Um, Besides on the note of gayest things of Jeff has, has ever done, I've got something that I'll, I'm going to share on the drop your buffs uh, on our story. But I found something pretty gay that Jeff's done. Oh, is it the dancing video? Yeah. Oh, okay. What? Oh, okay. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. All right. Can we talk maybe like uh, through a little bit of what actually happened with the vote here? Because you talked about how D was like playing just sort of like gamey as opposed to morals. Um, like I, we talk, we're just talking about like the balance of her sort of like strategy versus morals or like a game ability to turn that off. Um, but I thought here as well, as, mu- as much as I have loved Julie's journey with sort of struggling with the morality of the game, I thought we got just as good of a moment here with D where she has this like really serious decision to make of, do I return the favor of Austin telling me about the Julie vote? Do I return the favor and tell Austin about the Drew vote with the risk that he could save Drew with his idol in the same way that I tipped Julie off to save herself with her idol? Mm. Like it's literally the exact same situation, but mirrored and D makes a different choice, which is so exciting, I feel like, as as a narrative, like back-to-back episodes. Totally. I totally agree. I'm yes-anding. Complicated storytelling, I will say. Like, it is high-level what she's doing, and I absolutely give her the credit. But from, like, a television producing standpoint, it's really, it's already such a complicated maneuver that happened last week. And then so to have it play out again in the reverse but with a different result being chosen is like extra tricky. 
again, I'm not, this is not talking it down in any sense. I think what she did was incredible, but it is just like difficult to sort of like put all the pieces together. But once you do, it's like, yeah, it's badass. Yeah. And what I really like about this move that's so interesting going into the finale is that so many different people feel that they can take credit for this move. And I think that from a TV show perspective, audience perspective, we see it as D's move. But it's not necessarily like it is many people's move because like Jake talks to Katura about it. Uh, Katura then secretly talks to D about it. Like Julie is secretly it, like talking to D about it. So like all of these people, Julie thinks she's the one like cinching D's, you know, fourth vote against Drew here. Katura believes she's the one getting D's vote here. It's only happening because D is not telling Austin about mm-hmm. it. Um, and Jake is the one that started to throw this idea around. And so like, that's such a fascinating dynamic in an episode where we have, especially Jake and Katora, who like at least one of them is probably in the final three, I'm going to guess, um, talking about resumes and resume building and what the jury's going to think and that they don't have a big move under their belt. It's going to be interesting when it comes to a final three. And like one of them is talking about how this was their move and somebody else is going to be like, no, you don't even know the whole of it, which mm-hmm. is like if D's sitting there to be like, well, you didn't know that actually I had multiple people come to me with that and I had to make this decision, which you know had i gone a different way everything would turn out differently one of you wouldn't be here um which is just it's it's so great that like these hap- these like t- two exciting moves are happening back to back and they're leading up to the finale where they're going to pay off in some way totally do you think that just before we wrap up here do you think that it was the right move for d to make so as opposed to as opposed to going along with the julie vote well, I just to sort of be like, no, not go along, but like, you know, I think D had some influence here where had she not wanted to vote Drew out, is there a reason she might have wanted to keep Drew and get rid of Julie at this point moving into the finale? Because like, I, I mean, I think to... she made the better move, but I don't think there's a huge difference between the two mm. moves um, in terms of like the outcome for her, because I don't think Julie... I neither Julie nor Drew could win the game in my mind, but there is the part that we don't quite know, which is that we don't really know how much like the mama J of it all, which by the way, mama J completely exited this episode. Remember mama last J week? was get mama J was baby J. She was getting, yeah, whatever this, happened to baby J seriously, because she like was getting week, babysat. She's Julie, but no, but not even that, but I'm saying like this week she was Julie but then, like, last yeah. week, it was all about, like, Mama right. J. Anyway, yes, so the right. point being, it's, like, I don't know how much is the jury seeing the Julie of this episode or the Mama J of last episode, which is something we still don't mm-hmm. have clarity on because the way it's sort of been presented to us this episode, at least from my perspective, is that Julie would have no path to win the game outside of if she's really well-liked by the jury. But even then, it's, like, she just doesn't have a ton to really back it up and also really to differentiate her game. Um, So I think D made the right move. I also just think that like, first of all, I tip my hat to her. I also want to say like, you've known this guy for like 20 days. I don't fully believe the romance narrative. I'm sorry. I think the producer, you know, putting that voice in there and something about it to me, I am not going to go full conspiracy theorist to say it's completely set up, but like, I'm not getting romantic vibes i'm just Hmm. getting like there's a hot person on the island and 
we're going to flirt and hold hands, which is fine. Um, where was I going with this? Uh, I forgot. Anyway. Like but- Dee's gameplay end game, like keeping Julie and now she's also got Austin. Yeah. I mean, I, I think she made the right decision, but I just, oh, what I was going to say is like, I don't with, I don't think I'm not trying to talk. Uh, I think what she did was incredible. I don't think withholding the information from Austin should be seen as like, this like badass decision in the really? same. I don't know. I think it was great that she did it. I think that's yeah. like the sign of a good game player. Yeah. Is like you withhold information from your allies. Yeah. Like to me, I, I'm not, I'm not discrediting the fact that like she is playing at a different level than everybody uh-huh. else in this game. Like we have, we have to acknowledge that. I guess what I'm saying is like, she's playing at the level I'd like to see the game played at. Yeah. But recognizing the fact that so few are yes i certainly celebrate what she's doing and also i will say like all of that like verbose language about like queen mother blah blah going around about d i co-sign it like i was like and also there's something about that shit-eating grin and i mean that in in a non-derogatory way that i just fucking love like she's just like no matter what she's saying she's giving a big grin through it great yeah i would have loved if this d had been present throughout the season but I also know that sometimes maybe it was and we didn't see it, or maybe it simply wasn't possible due to the fact that she was part of a dominant four. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like really only when she became threatened with a potential Julie vote last episode, which is like the third last episode, um, that suddenly she's got to like play defensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> defensively. Um, and like, she's really shining here. Not that she didn't shine before, but she was just like comfortable. But mm-hmm. I've liked that. Like, I've liked that journey for her. And like, we've talked about like, like she was just like one of the four. And then she's, then she had like had that immunity win and was like, di- started to dictate votes. And people didn't feel like Julie's always felt a little like uncertain, which is interesting to go into this because Julie has talked about on many occasions, like D dictating the vote and being like, I don't want to just be told who to vote for. And then Julie is told who to vote for mm-hmm. and follows along with that plan. Um, and to see now, like, like she's kind of only got D now moving into the end. And is she going to like make some move against it? Like, does Julie see uh, a, a path to the win without making a move against D? Uh, it'll be interesting. Like my concern here moving into the end if I'm getting into prediction territory is that D is going to fall in that five spot in the way that like, uh, like a Ricard fell at that five spot Mm -hmm. where it's like the person who like you feel is like clearly deserves the win of that season, um, is such an easy target at five. So I'm not, I'm not like putting that out into the world. So it happens, but that's my concern. Otherwise, if she's in the final three, like she has to win. Do you want to make a runner prediction? Yeah. I'm going to go with Katura. Okay, right. Yeah. No, I like that. If it is, like, I kind of feel bad for Katura. I mean, I the iconic final three is Katura, Jake, and D. Yeah, true. Yeah, truly. I would love to see Jake pitching the jury. I'd vote for him. Yeah, I mean, Jake <laughs> is definitely the standout of the season, I would say. It's like Jake is is the one like white man I'd be okay with winning. <laughs> so how, <laughs> do, how does he get anything out of his idol? That's a great question. Like, well, what's again, the move again, like he makes that makes it something. Cause it doesn't seem like he's really a target right now, but it's hard to say. 
Okay, well, also, if we're going to go with, if we're going to go with my prediction, here's a here's a great thing he could do. He can tell he can he doesn't even have to tell Katora, but he can say Katora, will you vote with me? Like vote for D. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you want to move? Like yeah, we got a little bit of a move last time. You want a big move? Vote for D. Mhm. They can either pull Julie into that, and then they've already got a majority anyway. He plays the idol just in case. Um, or they only need the two votes. Or we only need his vote if, like, they all pile on Jake or something. Um, but he can use that. He could idle D out at five. And that I think that's his best move he could make, actually. But what I if don't D gets see, immunity? Like, well, then he would have to go for, like, an Austin or Julie. I feel like you would go Austin if D got But it's like both of those are inconsequential. It doesn't hit the same way, yeah. That's what I was... This is going back to what I was saying earlier, where it's like the only person playing a high-level game right now is D. Mm -hmm. So it's just hard to... Like, it's hard to think of how Jake, who I think is the next contender for having played a good game. And I do think Jake has the most compelling argument other than D to be like, Jake completely played from the bottom throughout the game. And like, that's a good argument to make. And I think it seems like Jake is well liked by people, but how does he have that 11th hour magical moment? The Marianne, if you will. Exactly. Okay, well, let's leave it there. We will see what happens Next week in the finale, it's a late finale for Survivor, December 20th. Really running up against and Christmas And then, like, we're back here. again in February. To help even get And now started. we have the Traders premiere date locked for the 12th of January. It's yes, late. January 12th, the Traders US, uh, which will be covered on this podcast. Yeah. I got to tell you right now, I'm bowing out of, um, I'm not going to do UK season two. If you are, that's on. That's, for podcasting, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be possible, honestly. Yeah. We'll touch we'll touch down on it here and there, but uh, I will be watching, but I don't think it's going to be possible to podcast it, unfortunately. Um, okay, well, with that, we have some things to talk about over on the after show, including Evan's unhinged Instagram story spree from last night. So if you want all the tea on that, you can head over to our Patreon where we're doing the after show. The link for that is in the show notes. Um, but... You know, of course, you have to go check out our Instagram at Drop Your Buffs Pod, where people will be leaving under this week's meme cap. Which emoji? Oh, it's got to be the acting faces. Okay. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The drama masks? Yeah. If you yeah. type in acting, the drama masks come up. Okay. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. This is both an homage to this I was episode thinking, yeah, and yeah. to Karen Grinnell. <laughs> What were you yeah, thinking? Okay. I was thinking the vampire for the way that Julie woke up, but um, niche. Bonus points for vampire. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. Uh, with that, the final five are headed to a new beach and uh, we are headed to the Patreon. So see you over there. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.